Dubin's in a row now for Naismith. He's untouchable, but what lies ahead? My name is Jarvie, and I'm joined this week by Paddy, Hammy, Cameron and Simon. Together we are the Broken Hearts Club Band. And we're starting the podcast with something new now. Simon, this this was your idea, so you can explain yourself. Oh, it's it's nothing big. It's just a heart monitor, and we'll just go around each other. Um, ten being a very high pulse and very excited for hearts. A one being you're dead and you hate hearts. Mm. So it's just like an all things considered, like your vibes. Yeah, you're feeling on hearts in this moment. Hmm. Zero. <laughs> oh wow! I'll be, I'll be honest. I think I flatlined. I was so bored yesterday. Oh my Saturday, God. Saturday, Saturday it was um, incredibly dull and cold. But uh, a win's a win. Mm-hmm. I'm. Uh, I'd say I'm a six. We've not even explained the scale, have we? Uh, aye, aye, did. Did he? Aye. You try listening <laughs> to the podcast, something. <laughs> Uh, I would put myself at maybe a five, considering we've just won three league games in a row. Hmm. I'm constantly on edge, so mine's is always a ten. <laughs> <laughs> no, wasn't expecting that. No, I'd probably put myself at a seven. I'm all I'm all happy because I just got to see see Craig Levine and some brown cords. <laughs> I dug out ten castle. Um, but that's going to change very soon. <clears throat> we will continue to monitor our, our hearts monitor then. Eh? Um, and you have all had two weeks to think about it. So which house robots are hearts players? <laughs> oh, there we go. Because I've definitely been thinking about that for the last two weeks. <laughs> uh, Lord and Shanklin's got loads of gadgets or something. <laughs> Spins on his back. Puts in minimal effort nowadays. <sighs> Maybe we'll come on to it. <laughs> um, but I'll, I'll tell you what would give me one out of ten on the on the old Hearts monitor is the news that although Halkett and Gordon were confirmed to be back after that international break and maybe started, never mind on the bench against St Johnston there. Suddenly, it's now confirmed that they're going to be back after the winter break. <laughs> good, good, good. <laughs> well, look, keep winning. <laughs> good point. It's very harsh, isn't it? At the start of the season, Halkett said, uh, start of October. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, was, he was hoping to see European football. <laughs> <laughs> That's wrong, God. <laughs> I was oh, yeah. I was going back to see like when they said because these things do seem to go on, but yeah. I th- listen, let's no rush them because we've done that before. But at the same time, how long do they fucking need? I know. But considering we've seen Halkett running a bit behind the family stand as well, it just feels like a bit of a, a bit of a joke. I think I think I'd rather like 
Like, I mean, you can't really second guess them, but I'd imagine they're more concerned with Halkett's given the fact that his is muscular, well, it's a, it's a ligament damage, and the fact that he's uh, he's going to be running about a hell of a lot more than Greg Gordon will be. So mm. I, I totally get waiting with him. Um, I guess I would imagine Craig Gordon's fairly in charge of when he comes back. Um, mm-hmm. It'll be when he feels comfortable. And he seems to be getting minutes, I guess, for a goalie. It's much more around getting that reaction and you know feel for it back because it's it's all quick trigger stuff, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I totally get it as well. But what it just annoys me that the expectations have been there that was October, and then fair enough if it's like you're a wee bit behind. But for it to, we were pre- we were told that we after that international break, like what's going on behind the scenes for them to get it so wrong? And there's been digs about the fitness department and things before. Is, is it something the club are doing wrong, getting them back fit, or do they are they that out of touch? They've got just no idea when someone's going to be back fit. It just doesn't seem right to me, and seems all very harsh. Shouldn't uh, surprise me. Shouldn't surprise anyone. Nothing else to say, to be honest, eh? Aye. Fucking harsh. <laughs> Scotland were playing over the break. Scotland ages v- ago. Ah, they were. Ages <laughs> ago. Ah, they were. Scotland v. Georgia. I don't know who it fucking was. Tell Scotland you what. v. Georgia. Xander what? Clark was shite, wasn't he? <laughs> I the next game, it was even worse. We need Craig Gordon back for the, for the fucking Euros next year. As soon as as soon as Craig Gordon's showing forms, Andrew Clark will drop out this team, surely. Or maybe Liam Kelly drops it, and we've got two hearts keepers go to the Euros. Oh God! What was it, Xander <laughs> Clark, with second highest clean sheets in the league? Yep, <laughs> he does. He made a fucking screamer, I say, against St. Johnson as well. To be fair, not exactly it's like he's not exactly like he plays behind a solid back four either. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, well, Xander Clark wasn't very good against Georgia and it took until the 86th minute to bring on Lauren Shankland when we were 2-1 down for the last 30, for 30 minutes leading up to that and he came on and he scored um, <laughs> but, but we can't criticise Steve Clark because he is he is God um, and yeah, in the talk after the Georgia game it was Lauren Shankland and it was Lauren Shankland on the back of every paper and every talk show it's all talking about how good Lauren Shankland is Oh, it was Jacob Brown. That's who we really should have been talking about. <laughs> well, yeah. what one start, zero goals, zero assists, flying. Right. Well, I was going to say with Shanklin making all the headlines, that's definitely not Steve Clark's vibes because he obviously <laughs> didn't start him against Norway, and it turned out Jacob Brown is a real person. We actually did <laughs> play football, and he missed an absolute fucking sitter, which Shanklin would have tucked away, but. All the chat is about Shankland not only going to the Euros, but potentially even playing his way into the start in 11. No at chance. The Euros. No chance. <laughs> <laughs> it's not as... Clark's got a sister. I'd be massively surprised if he got to next year if he had his starting 11 fit that they aren't the starting 11 that he's played with most of the time. And I, to be fair, I kind of get it. Like, there's a... There's a, board, a a piece that he's got in place there, and I'm, I don't think he's going to change it getting to the tournament. Um, whether or not Shanklin goes on an absolute tear and forces his way in, different mm-hmm. thing. But I would, I, I can't see it. I think he makes the squad. Well, he makes the squad. I don't think he makes the starting eleven. 
No, that'd be the same boat. Um, and with all the all the hype, Rangers and Celtic are back in the rumour mill for Shanklin. I don't know about you, but it really has stepped up a notch. And it, uh, I've just got a funny feeling he's going to be away in January. What do you reckon? Depends uh, who we're well, playing that week. <laughs> <laughs> I heard from a great source yesterday, I think it was, that it's happening in um, January. It's a Rangers, sorry. Aye, I've heard some pretty good stuff as well that uh, he's he would only leave to go to Rangers and that's because his family are Rangers fans. Mm-hmm. Celtic do appear to be looking at him as well. Hopefully we can get a wee bit of more chucking a wee... A wee um, <laughs> don't want to get cancelled. <laughs> a, a country, <laughs> a team from another country as well. You know, I think um, realistically, eighteen months left on his deal. If we get four million for Shanklin plus some sort of add-ons, you know, your mind if you are going to get four million. I think we'd be lucky if we get one, one and a half. No, no way, man, no way. I'm it's telling you, absolutely. I, I'm telling you, Rangers are like are going to give us any more than two million pounds for Lauren Shanklin with a year left on his deal after January. There is not a chance we're getting anywhere near four million. There would be uproar. If we sold him for anything less than three and a half, I'd the, say. The calculation and, comes down to what's he worth for the... And you're probably talking about six months. You're not talking about 18. Mm-hmm. It's the calculation of what's he worth for the next six months. Yeah, and it's the price of getting into Europe. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. There's no doubt Joel Savage is definitely not a fraud. I'm sure he'll have suitable players lined up in the background if Shanklin does go in January. Christ. Um, I uh, you can Make see some... round, maybe <laughs> he's probably on like eighty grand a week. <laughs> Scored for looting yesterday or Saturday oh. actually. That, yeah. <laughs> Don't know how. <laughs> so, Lauren Shanklin to the uh, the rumor mill will continue. We shall see. Um, in other international news, Aidan Denham finally made his Scotland under twenty ones debut, despite not featuring in the first team recently. Um, and he gave full credit to Stephen Naismith and, and bigged up massively everything that he's doing for his career. Which is generous. I look forward to him not getting any more chances at that. <laughs> um, and now <clears throat> we have no international break in Europe for four whole months. It's been a while, but we do, of course, still have the international break over January. And then we've got the Asian Cup in February. Where, like we said on the last pod, potentially Kai Rolls, Cami Devlin, and Nathaniel Atkinson might go to, um, along with Tagawa and Oda, but probably not. <laughs> I don't think we need to worry about that. I don't think the two guys that aren't getting a game at Hearts are going to get a game for Japan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. Let's see with, um, with Rolls potentially going away for a full month of February, however many games are in that calendar month. We need Craig Halkett back for that. Um, and we're going right. to have to to weigh up that if he if he isn't going to be back and fit, we need to go and sign like a first team centre back in January. Yeah, and two right backs. Get my get Michael Smith right. back. <laughs> yeah, bring him back in a professional football from semi professional. Um, and yeah, well, like you say, Paddy, in terms of right backs, Ofaya um has had some these ongoing health conditions seem to have come up again. Um, we believe it's a heart condition. Yeah. And 
he's, so he's been back down the road to Brighton and we've been told we definitely won't see him back at Hearts until after the winter break, if at all. So That's rough. That's rough. Uh, really, it's... Yeah. And with O'Fire in our way, along with Nathaniel Atkinson, we're literally playing Alan Forrest or Toby Civic at right wing back here. So we're playing Alan Forrest at right wing back. Huh? He, well, he was it against uh, St. Johnson, eh? Yeah. So... Bleak, pretty bleak. Yeah, that's <laughs> where we're at with that. My heart's monitors went down a notch. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know where there might be a good right back? Liam Fox's B team are absolutely flying at the minute. They just beat East Colbride's Los Pacos Cartel 4-2 at the weekend there. So we are sitting in second place in the Lowland League to five points off East Colbride to our top. But remember how Tim Pot Lowland League gets. East Colbride have got two games in hand. Um, I was having a look. We've played 18 games, and you've got the likes of Trenent, who are in fifth, who have only played 14 games. And Albion Rovers are sitting in 12th place, and they've only played 13 games. That must get that must get worse as well across, like when the when the weather really sets in. I know. <laughs> like, so see if um, Albion Rovers five games in hand over Hearts. If they win all their games in hand, they would jump from 12th to just behind second. Just do what they do in the low, like the lower leagues and just do six-pointers. Six hmm. <laughs> I would just bash out a couple of games and make them six-pointers. Mm-hmm. Um, the Skyline restaurant has been flying over the last fortnight. <laughs> just like Liam Fox's men. Uh, the Skyline Restaurant has won the best restaurant at the 2023 Fourth Awards and is in the Open Table's top 100 restaurants in 2023 across the UK with only three Edinburgh eateries in the top 100. And that's purely on merit. <laughs> Aye, I'm, I'm sure Liam Fox probably deserves credit in here somewhere, doesn't it? <coughs> that's superb. Superb from the Skyline. Skyland. Keeping on a, a food theme, Hearts have announced a Willy Wonka style competition oh. <laughs> for you to find a golden ticket inside a bar of chocolate and wine with a signed Hearts top. £3.50. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a worry here that no one buys it so no one wins any tickets? <laughs> You'll still be able to win it in two years when they're still in the shop. <laughs> Along alongside the Nandwili key rings. <laughs> uh, Uchi fridge magnets. Aye. Um, well, thanks for all that cash income from those chocolate bars. Um, maybe that'll see no need for secret benefactors in the accounts next year. Um, but Hammy, in the last fortnight, the annual accounts have been released and it's had loads of people that don't understand them speculating what it all means. You? You're quite, you're quite good <laughs> at this stuff. So explain to us what it's all about. Um, a couple of headlines I'd like addressed on behalf uh, of Twitter. There's a lot of concerns that we're still relying on donations from James Anderson to keep afloat, if you can address that, please, Chairman. And also, that appears we are paying back and budge with interest. If you can clarify these terms, please, Chairman. 
That's a bit fucking cheeky as well. Well, let's let the man speak. Let's see what's (laughs) happening. Uh, Right, so start off with donations. Four and a half million pounds Jimmy Anderson donated to Hearts last year. Uh, um, Total donations, including the Foundation of Hearts, donations was six point just under 6.2 million. Now that doesn't come under our turnover, which was a record turnover, 20.8 million. So completely, you had, what, 26 million? 27 million coming into the club last season. Um, Which is crazy. That's obviously a large chunk of that revenue. The record turnover, sorry, of 20.8 million was European money, which we sadly won't have coming up uh, this year. Um, but I, from your point about the relying on donations, I think we need to remember that if we don't have that money, we won't spend it. And also the 4.5 million in Jimmy Anderson donations are also on on the requirement that we don't carry our shirt sponsor. We, we yeah. take MND, which is free. They don't pay us oh, like yeah. a normal shirt sponsor will do. So a lot of that sort of, if we didn't get the 4.5 million, a lot of that would be taken up by a shirt sponsor. I don't know how much, but I would imagine a couple million at least. Um, so there is that as well. So yeah, I that money will stop soon. I think it was, he said something along the lines of like five years, around about five years ago. I don't know how long he'll continue doing that, but um, that we will be able to bridge that gap. And obviously Hearts in the background are, are um, building up this award-winning restaurant that you just talked about to get some mm. revenue in and we've got the hotel as well mm. so there's a lot going on our overall staff costs increased by a whopping 4.1 million which i was shocked at to be honest yeah. with you we had an increase in headcount of 39 26 of those were commercial and admin staff um which quite which is a lot um also bonuses for getting into europe would have come under that. So the that large chunk of money can be attributed to that. Um, transfer fees that we paid were up from 408000 to 845000 It's mental that our entire transfer fees were less than a million. Um, it was probably less than what we allegedly played for Bislija, actually, around about that for a whole season. <laughs> still could have um, yeah. still, still yet to beat that one. And yeah, you, you mentioned the loan. Anne Budge gave us a loan at COVID time. One million pounds was paid towards that last season. Still two point one outstanding, and she is getting interest on that at market rate, which is excessive at the moment. But she's a rich businesswoman. Be so fair. She makes some money. To be fair, that would have been agreed up front when the club took that money. Yeah. And really, truly, you wouldn't. Ask for interest on it, but well, that, that money is worth cheeky cow. But that work, <laughs> that money is worth that much less in current terms. That's why you pay interest. So if it's at flat market rate, you're actually just paying back what you. Hey, my wage you. doesn't yeah. go up with a flat market rate, so she can get to <laughs> fuck. Okay. Don't bear no. money than any of us. Also, Calvin, maybe they cares. <laughs> Season tickets have been frozen up the north, so you know. Um. Hmm. There was, a, there was a couple other things. I put 1.3 million was spent on 
um, equipment, so stuff at the stadium, plant rooms, boilers, all that, just improving the stadium. There's also another one point. No, in the fucking wheat field, I've not seen a penny. <laughs> <laughs> another one point one million on assets under construction, which would be the hotel. So, so spending brother. over a million on the hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, so that there is a lot. About three hundred grand profit as well, um, which is a drop, but. The money's being reinvested, um, and at the end of the day, the more profit you've got, the more tax you need to pay as well. So, as long as it's not sitting about, although I would question our record turnover and everything is great, but that was last season that we failed to get third, um, mm. and we are going to see a significant drop in that turnover as well. Now, going into this season, where our costs have all went up, but our turnover is going to go down. Mm. So, it's going to be, I think. You know, it was interesting to see that, but it, it could be a bit... I, I don't know, you're going to have to bridge that gap somewhere for this season, uh, mm. or we're going to lose a lot of money, I would say. James Anderson needs to dig deep into his pockets again, eh? Hmm. They're so lucky, yeah. Don't they spent so much money. Why did he not just fucking buy the club instead of Anbuck? He's only got criticised for giving loans and getting interest back and <laughs> bloody podcasters. <laughs> <laughs> like he gives a fuck. <laughs> uh, okay. Very interesting, Hammy. Our, our very own Martin Lewis there. <laughs> <laughs> and and in the last fortnight as well, we saw the Foundation of Hearts hit the £16 million raised milestone, which is an incredible effort. It is. It's class. Great to see our money getting put towards something. <laughs> um, good thanks for that, Hammy. And some other streams that Hearts were looking to make money in, um, an evening with the goalies, it got postponed. <laughs> Apparently, Gilles Rousset had COVID. Uh, if, if true, wish him all the very best. Just can't help but think maybe two weeks notice for an event on a Tuesday evening, just maybe never sold that many tickets. <laughs> Um, Hearts Twitter wished Jim Jeffries a happy birthday but spelt the man's name wrong <laughs> incredible like, we worry about being a bit shy and our research not being very good hey <laughs> uh, Neil Warnock revealed that he could have been the Hearts manager previously but it was given to a Latvian instead and we've never had a Latvian manager <laughs> um well, we're just leaving that there then. Yeah. <laughs> Would have been a Lithuanian. It's a fairly easy mistake if you are if you don't follow hearts. Um, or geography. <laughs> he's a man. He loves holiday in Scotland. Eh? I think that's the only place he goes. Bacon rolls and stuff. That kind of thing. Exactly. Um, a review panel found that only three of 407 VAR decisions made in the Scottish Premiership this season were in the wrong, with two coming against Dundee and uh, Miofsky's double-touch penalty against St Mirren. I mean, that's just... They're they fucking at it. So did the, <laughs> did the referees audit themselves and find out that they were, like, what, 99% accurate? Sounds like it. Cool. Well, let's believe that. They'll exactly. be right. They will be right. The audit will be right in some kind of way because it's that complicated the way that what you can check Aye. and what you can't. Actually, they'll be bang on, but it'll be because there has to be a clear and obvious thing, and they'll just argue that stuff isn't clear and obvious. 
Aye, exactly. Bunch of fannies. Um, Scottish Cup draw took place yesterday and drawn us against the third biggest team in Edinburgh. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm well excited about that. What do you think? think there's a chance. I feel like both clubs should be talking to Hibs around split gate at Easter Road. I don't think you're yeah. allowed freedom, you're not allowed to do that now or something. Well, you know, that's just I, silly because, like, the amount I, of money Spartans could make off it. Yeah, hmm. Hipster with Bonnie Rig a few years back now. He's played at Tyne Castle. I'm trying to remember, I think it was quite a hmm. while back though. It rings a bell. Uh, I was reading, apparently, it's not possible, but it would make sense, or even for them to be the home side and host it at Tyne Castle. Yeah, it's, it's 50 50 split, so Spartans will be wanting to. Well, I'd imagine Spartans would be wanting to. I'd probably go to it. And it takes a lot for me to go to football games. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's it's great exposure for Spartans. They're, they're on such an up and up, and they seem to be doing everything right. And their wee ultras are class and put in much more effort than ours. So. No, to be fair to the Gog Ultras, they did have some good flags this week. I like the flags. Some new flags, big flags. New flags, aye. That, that does add a bit, the flags. Yeah, it felt very, very um, socialist Berlin. Which is good. Yeah. <laughs> because I think the Gog Ultras really want to be known as a left-leaning socialist type vibe. <laughs> <laughs> Politics aside, they, yeah. they, sing, they sing for 90 minutes, yeah. I don't know yeah. how they can do it, man. I would, I wouldn't have a voice for a week. Aye, couldn't they be must a, have a, a secret. <laughs> <laughs> um, aye, but yeah, that'll be good fun. Twentieth of January, I think it is. Yeah, the weekend of the twentieth or twenty-first. So, although I was, I did read earlier that uh, there was a chance it could be the Friday night game. Yeah, it feels Live like a tele- it feels like a game they might move for the tele. Aye, it does feel like a BBC game. Yeah, yeah that would be good. We go out that'd be the only Edinburgh Derby on TV this season. (laughs) (laughs) Great point. Uh, That's very true. Yeah. And just to clarify for any listeners, third biggest club in Edinburgh behind Hearts in Edinburgh City, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) That's all the news. Simon. Simon says Simon's game. Simon's original idea game. Yeah. Copyright. Uh, Copyright. Yeah. So, Simon's game, I'll go through the scores because it has been a couple of weeks. Paddy, you are on 24, bottom. Jarvey, 32. Cameron, 38. And top, Hammy on 47. So, five clues for the one player. Each clue, you get less of a point. You start on five points. First player, first clue. I was born in Dundee in 1997. Hammy. Oh, my God. 1997. Uh, It's John Suter. No, it is not. <sighs> so the leader is out. So this is all a chance for you to catch up points. Clue number two. I came through the Dundee Academy, making Jarvie. zero international appearances for four points. Jarvie. Is it Craig Whiten? It's Craig Whiten. Oh. Yes. <laughs> so that takes you up to 36 points. <laughs> the other clues were, I scored a hat-trick in the Scottish Cup on the way to the final in 2020 against Wraith Rovers. I played in the final against Celtic that year, missing the penalty in the shootout. And five, I recently won the league with Dunfermline. Recently run League One with Dunfermline, scoring 20 goals and 42 appearances. What a record. Dumb player. Clinical. Player number two. Clue number one. 
I was born in Dublin in 1996. Paddy. Oh, here we go. Uh, Aidan Keener. Incorrect, Paddy. Good effort, though. That's Clue number two. I came through the Nottingham Forest in Eccleston Academy, making zero international appearances. Okay, okay. Clue number three. Before signing for Hearts, I played for Inverness, Caledonian Thistle, for two oh, seasons, winning the Scottish Challenge Cup. Fuck off. <laughs> what year was he born? The first clue was I was born in Dublin in 1996. Inverness before Hearts. Clue number four, he's won oh, it. Jarvie. Right, okay. Is it Jake Mulraney? It's Jake Mulraney. Another three points for Jarvie. forgot he was Irish, I. All right. Clue number three. Wait, wait. Clue... With a name like Mulvaney, you forgot he was Irish. <laughs> <laughs> Clue number four was after scoring two goals in 52 appearances for Hearts, I was sold for Atlanta for just under a quarter of a million. I uh, what was that? But... I <laughs> Clue number five, I am a poor man's Gino. <laughs> I thought he was ancient, 27. That's blown mm. my mind. Ha- half the age of you. <laughs> okay, player number three, clue number one. I was born in Belfast in 1991. So a very young man, very, very young. And very young. About to hit, hit his prime. Vintage. Cameron. Cameron. It's Liam Boyce. It's Liam Boyce. Nice. <laughs> You're up to 43 points, Cameron. Okay. Uh, nay clicking, I can hear you clicking away and you're definitely Googling. <laughs> clue, clue number two. Uh, that was clue number one, sorry. Uh, clue number two. I came through the Cliftonville Academy making 20 international appearances, scoring two goals. I was the top goal, goal scorer in the SPFL in the 16-17 season. I was the top goal scorer in the Championship in the 2021 season. And clue number five, I am a ginger egg. <laughs> <laughs> Player number four, clue number one. I was born in Vilnius. In 1975. Holy shit. <laughs> okay, okay. It could be a, a raft of players for the mm. Hertz. Clue number two. I came through the Panieres Vilnius Youth Academy, making 56 international appearances, scoring 10 goals. Paddy. Paddy. Davidis Chesnowskis. Incorrect. Jarvie. Okay. Velichka. Incorrect. Cameron. Cameron. Bakelunas. Incorrect. <laughs> okay, so is it just Hammy left to play then? Hammy's the last one left to play, I think. Hammy, do you want to take a guess or do you want me to read out the next clue so you can get some, you might as well guarantee that you get some points. Just read me the next one. Okay, I won the Lithuanian Player of the Year five times from 1997 to 2004. Uh, what clue is this? This is clue number three. So this is for three points. I can go again if you want the next one. You'd guarantee get it if I win. I read out the next one. Yeah, go on then. I famously won the Champions League the year before oh. joining Heart of Midlothian. Oh. Jankowskis. Jankowskis. <laughs> I mean, that's two points for you. Oh, we covered, covered a lot there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, he's, he is. Clue number five was he's a big, sexy Eastern European bastard. True. Player number five, clue number one. I was born in Hornchurch in 1991. So also a very young man. Hornchurch. It's in England. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> right, clue number two. I came through the West Ham Academy and have made zero international appearances. West Ham. West Ham. Okay. Think between the four of them. There's no link this week, to be fair. Oh. They split your ah. hearts. <laughs> <laughs> Clue number three. I came across the border. Join aside for Craig Levine. Oli, 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 Lee. Clue number four was I scored a screamer at Easter Road to win 1 0. And clue number five was I left under a cloud of smoke for Gillingham. <clears throat> Didn't realize that about the West Ham Academy. Fall yeah. everything about the man. Don't think it really matters, to be honest. Cool, so that's everyone. I'll go through the scores. Uh, in last place is Paddy with 24 still. Second last, Jarvie on 42. It's getting pretty tight. Cameron, 43. Hammy, 49. Nice. Paddy, we, th- we thought you would be flying at this, but a couple of missed weeks and it just hasn't fallen your way. <sighs> it will. Jean-Louis Valois <laughs> will, come, will come up. <laughs> <laughs> Would that be your mastermind specialist subject? Yeah. Good. Well, thank you, Simon. Um, that leads us on to talk about the St. Johnston game, where Craig Levine wore brown brogues. Looks like he just stumbled out of the Roseburn Tavern <laughs> onto a sideline, but he, he, he knew what he was doing. Simon, how did we line up for this one? So like we were saying earlier, it was in without the ball, it was kind of a back three stroke five and with the ball, it was a, a sort of four three, two, one sort of. So it was Xander Clark and then a back three of Kingsley, Kent and Rolls. Wing backs of Forrest and Cochrane, a midfield of Grant, Benny and Lowry and then Shanklin and Boyce up front. I uh, thought we started really well. There was almost the best goal I think I would have seen at Tincastle in a long while. A passing mm-hmm. move from the back that kind of went through everyone in midfield. Cochrane then megged a guy. A couple of one-twos on the edge of the box. Maybe Cochrane could have played it to Forrest, but I'm glad someone actually took a shot, but he did hit it right at the St. Johnston goalie. Mm-hmm. It was but like then, in a Brazilian exhibition match. It was great. But then, apart from that, it was one of the most boring games of football since Livingston at home. <laughs> it was at times. Also, we did one one nil. That was, I think, if my my research is correct, that was our first back to back home wins since February, mm. which was Dundee United three one, and then, um, oh no. My calculations are wrong. <laughs> We'd have to go even further back. It was January. St Mirren, 1-0 hearts, and then Aberdeen, 5-0 hearts. Mm. So yeah. almost a full year before we got back-to-back wins in the, in the league. Crazy. Used to be a fortress. Used to be like as strong as the old castle rock. Yeah, it's only our third win at home this season. And congratulations to Cameron, the first one he's seen. It's the first, uh, first, first league when I've seen in this season, and I've been away as well. <laughs> That's mental. But somehow we're pushing for third. 
Yeah, Two points off third. Eight off yeah. second. Champs League, baby. Oh, no, not actually. <laughs> season. Bet we didn't get second. No Champs League. <laughs> Fun games. Um, St. Johnson actually had a few chances in that first half. Um, the one big save from Xander Clark, where it was just a simple ball into the box and we never dealt with it. And then it fell to Kane. Um, and six yards out, he smashed it at goal. And it was just so... I don't know if you could say lucky or a great save. If it was if it was Craig Gordon and goals, we would say it was phenomenal. But he stuck a hand out and the ball hit right onto his hand and he tipped it over. Yeah, he's, he's good positioning. He's got to be in the right place, but it, it's right at him and he's managed to save it. So, mm-hmm. Fair play for that one, big Xander, big Shander. Um, and they had a, a few more chances as well. Hit him one almost um, almost catching Clark at his front post and then there was a cross that actually ended goal words that he had to kind of tip wide. Um, you know, and that all seemed to come in quite quick succession, thankfully, I want to say. Um, but, you know, they, they had some chances. Like, all their shots on target were were legit. But thankfully, there wasn't too many of them. Um, halftime, we had our usual 60% possession. It felt like we had about fucking 100. Um, we had 11 shots and just two on target. But we're really not getting enough shots on target. We are. We see this every t- every game now. Hold that thought. <laughs> <laughs> we, we did feel very... Um... Trigger shy. There was so many opportunities. And Liam Boyce's signature is take one more touch, but mm-hmm. there was a couple opportunities some players had where just take a shot. Just you've got to take a shot, and they wasted so much time and it allowed St Johnston to get set. And St Johnston were quite happy to play on the break. Mm-hmm. That's the blueprint to beat us, isn't it? Everyone seems to come to Tyne Castle like we're some sort of good team. <laughs> just put a low block and keep it really tight, and just hopefully try and nick a goal. Yeah. I think to be fair to St. Johnson, like it, it, when you look at some of their players, like Liam Gordon at the back, for example, he was fucking horrendous. People were slating him until Craig Levine came back and then he's getting a tune out of him. And how old their defence is with Considine, Ryan McGovern, Ryan McGovern back in there. It's a, a very old defence, but Levine seems to be getting a tune out of them now. And they didn't play badly. You know, on the counter, they, they did look dangerous at times. And it was a hard-fought victory. It was boring, but fuck, that was the type of game, if it was a month ago, we probably would have came away 0-0 or got beat 1-0. So I feel like we're getting... I feel like Naismith's getting criticised more than he should be for this this one. Oh. <laughs> I don't normally defend the man. I, I'm glad we're winning, and it, I do think the performances are getting maybe slightly better, maybe slightly more cohesive, but... Like there's still a long way to go before I feel comfortable about the way we play. Mm-hmm. With some huge games ahead, this will be the real test for how he's going to do. Um, but I feel like he's getting criticised, but I do also feel like we we saw the most Naismith will get out of this Hearts team at the weekend. If he's know what I mean, I don't think you'll see us performing much better than that. I think that was his full managerial skill set out on display. It's difficult to say, isn't it? It does. It kind of always just looks the same. Like it looked the same under Levine. It looked the same under Nielsen. It's very turgid. It is, yeah. That's what happens when you just keep picking the next thing off the conveyor belt, and it's you all picked, jobs for boys. You picked it. 
<laughs> I picked him, <laughs> but he showed us something different at the end of last season. But see, see at the start of the game like that, the beautiful sequence of play ball the passing, Cochrane getting the shot away. Before the first ten minutes, we looked like we were actually playing with a smile on on our face and a lot of creativity. And it was like maybe you know this break's done done them the world of good. But then it just it did go back to the same old sideways passes, the backwards passes, the slow build up. Like we're still not seeing what Naismith was um, had implemented at the end of last season. Yeah, there's a lack of anyone willing to take the ball in the turn and sort of look forward. It kind of just seems to ping pong from midfield right back to the to the centre backs. Mm-hmm. I liked what I seen from Nunoff when he came on again. <clears throat> You know, I think he's still going to take time to to bed in, but I still think he is that kind of attacking central midfielder that we're looking for. We just need to be a bit more patient. He's just a young guy; he's still getting used to playing at a higher level in Scotland. But I think he's a, I think he's a bit of a, a diamond in the rough. I think he's going to be a, a decent player for us. I can see that, and I'm happy that Grant's getting opportunities because he he actually seems not too bad. Um, yeah, he seems to be doing all right. And he's, he has got good vision and good touches, uh, maybe a wee bit more technical ability than a couple of the players in there were used to, mm-hmm. especially in the final third. So if you can get him playing and then that gives time for Neuenhoff to sort of develop and find his feet, that'll be good. Yep. And we're seeing Cammy Devlin on the bench again. Benny playing against them. Benny's looking a wee bit sharper every week. Still not. He's, he's, he needs a big game, doesn't he? He needs a man-of-the-match game, Benny to stand out and get people talking again. But he's looking... It's not looking bad. I think he took a while to warm up into that game. I don't know if it's what's being yeah. asked of him, but it's sometimes... it's just, but He looks like he's got a bad back all the time. <laughs> like when he jump, He doesn't jump, to be fair. When he moves, he just looks, like, uncomfortable. Yeah. Jenkins' Jink, um, current performances warrant Devlin being out the team. No, they're they're clearly wanting that position to do something different that Cami Devlin doesn't do. They're wanting it to be more of a like a option for the centre backs to pass out rather than someone to sort of cover ground and harry the other team. Yeah. At least we're starting to have options. So I do think against teams like St Johnston you can maybe play a bit more aggressive midfielders. Yeah. He's only two sitting in there. No. Exactly. Um, but yeah, in the second half, 61% possession, um, six shots, two on target, so pretty much the same again, just less shots. Um, but in the second half, we did score, and it was a, a nice ball from Cochrane picking out Boyce, um, and he shot, and it's come off Shankland, which has deflected it in. Well, which is lucky because the St. Johnson keeper would have saved it if it never took that nick off Shankland. Isn't that just the most Boyce goal ever? It's not even his goal. <laughs> Yeah, I know. <laughs> Fair play to Shankland. Scores when he wants to, all of the time. Like Shankland apologised for it as well. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Two boys after the goal. He didn't celebrate it. Aye. Aye. I think they'll be splitting their goal bonus, surely. No, that was it. 1-0. Um, so at full time, 17 shots, 4 on target. St. Johnson had 10 shots and 3 on target. And like I said, three of them were all fairly good efforts, to be fair to them. And with that, we will never think about that again. Yeah, three again. points, get it to fuck. <laughs> it's definitely one of those games you will never remember in a couple no. of months. Um, Hammy, 
Jambles kick back. Hopefully they're raging a bit sad, are they? Away and don't talk a lot of shame. Raging about this game, in fact, um, just it's just a quick one because it's just mental. But um, there was this was at seventeen thirty four on Saturday, so what minutes after the game finished, half an hour or so after the game finished, time for change. A new thread was posted. Uh, I think it's time for a clear out. Use the model that the Scottish Rugby Union use and bring through our own talent like Pollock, Nielsen, Denham, Smith, Kirk and Sandylands. Sure, there's others. Push the boat out and bring in a few quality players in the remaining positions where we don't have our homegrown talent who will bring these players on. It may be difficult for a season or two, but so what? I think it's worth the risk. See, just as a question for somebody that doesn't watch rugby. See, the Scottish rugby not have to play homegrown talent. Is that not the point? Uh, I'm pretty sure like nine of their starting players, nine of 15 in their starting players in the last World Cup game were not born in Scotland. So oh, well, <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. Don't worry. Like right now, we probably have Oda playing for Scotland as a winger. <laughs> All right, thanks for the clarification. On you go. Yeah. Uh, it was shite today, but that's three league wins in a row and some of our best players on their way back from injury. Gordon, Halkett, Mackay, plus the much improved Atkinson. Wait. Uh, no need for the tenor pants just yet. Stop pissing yourself. Another one says uh, the last time we played the majority of youth, we got relegated, which is a good point. Although that was enforced youth as well. So We um, also ended up making quite a lot of money for those players. And I'm sure we might talk about it a wee bit, but just to, to round it off and how the thoughts was after getting that much uh, great win. Um, if we don't get anything on Saturday, then our next points will be Xmas Eve. Our record against Old Firm and Sheep Away is criminal. Naismith may well be under huge pressure by then. Three wins on the trot, but Nat, we're still looking ahead to Christmas and when he's <laughs> going to get sacked, apparently. And we also, just looking... We don't play on Christmas Eve. Yeah, we don't play <laughs> So, aye, yeah, everything is still terrible. <laughs> it does highlight the importance of those those last three wins, and maybe picking up one more win before that December comes in, because it could leave us quite isolated if we hadn't. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Yeah, December looks horrific. Yeah, but I was going to say to you is about the next three games in isolation here. So we're, we're away to Kilmarnock next, which we won last time we were there. But Kilmarnock's home record is absolutely phenomenal. Um, we're then at home to Rangers, which no matter how optimistic we are <laughs> when we play Rangers, we generally know how that goes. And then we are away to Aberdeen. So it's, it's three huge and difficult games. I don't know about you, but I kind of feel like this is going to be a, a four points seven points week or it's going to be a zero or one point week I think this is really going to go one way or another how do you feel about the next fortnight not if you want to add another game just sorry but on the end of that it's Celtic away as well yeah I'm not I'm not ready to go there <laughs> uh, does this has anyone looked further ahead do we have like a couple of easy weeks you got St Mirren at Tencastle on the 23rd no 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 after the December run sorry 
Well, thankfully, uh, we could just hibernate through January and forget about that. Yeah, Art is <laughs> on the 20th of January. Right. That's the next time we win. <laughs> Dundee on the 23rd, and then we've also got them on the 3rd as well of February. Yeah. Double Dundee. I don't know. He's grinding out results. I think you've got yeah. a bit of an expectation that you go and win at Kelly, and yeah. then you you have to you have to find something different against Rangers next Wednesday for what we've been doing. And you know what? If that means trying something, we end up going for it, and it backfires. I'd rather see that than us just capitulate early on. I, I completely agree. I'd rather see us get get beat. The old cliche five two or five three of Rangers than go and get beat. One or two nil. Yeah. If you think about games that you remember as well, that four three against Celtic oh, was at the start of last season. What yeah, a game! I, yeah, the Shanklin Adric Adric off the bench. Yeah. The next three games, I mean, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be shocked if we go and win in Kilmarnock and beat Rangers at home. I mean, they struggled against Aberdeen. Up in Petaldry there. Another fucking Rangers 90-minute penalty. Saves them. Yeah, it wouldn't be unthinkable to win the next two and then get up to Petaldry. And get beat. <laughs> Aber- Aber- don't travel well. Aberdeen's form's not, not good either. No. Floating around the relegation zone. You never know. If we win the next three, Stephen Naismith will have the job until the end of the season. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's already got that, to be honest. All right, probably does. He's <laughs> got a tough couple of weeks ahead. But I had a power until to... they wouldn't make it till Christmas. <laughs> I, I, do, I do want it to work for, for Nate Smith, and I want Hatch to finish third. Um, it's going to be tough. I'm going to be optimistic about it. Um, but how optimistic, I'm not sure. Cameron, by or sell. Maybe we're about to find out. All right, so no scores to bring up to date with, um, because we haven't had one in a while since... Hamden. Um, so straight into this week, Kelly away. Now, the last time we played, it was the Lowry dramatic winner in the League Cup quarterfinal to get us that lovely trip to Hamden. Um, sometimes you'd rather somebody hadn't done that for you, but <laughs> <laughs> um, simple one does Lowry score in this game? So, L. Well. Sell, sell. <laughs> oh, boo! Um, I'll buy it just because everybody else has sold it. Play the game. Um, now we were touched on shots on target, and it's not been great. So, in the two games we played, uh, Kelly this season, we played the maybe a, a game that was even duller than the St Johnston game at the weekend at the beginning of the season where we drew nil nil, and we had one shot on target. And then in the game that we won 2-1, we had three shots on target. As you said at the weekend, we had four shots on target versus St. Johnston. So the bar here is over 3.5. Bye. Bye. It's a low bar. Fucking hell. (laughs) I'll I'll buy it. Did you buy it, Hammy? No, I sold. <laughs> <laughs> that plastic right. pitch, man. <laughs> oh, it's such a low bar, but I'm still not convinced. Um, <laughs> I, I bought it, but yeah, there we go. Um, a simple one here. Two or more changes to the team that started versus St. Johnston. Do we think he's got his lineup set or will he flex it? Uh, 
How many there was changes? No was there? No. Sell. Oh. How many changes did you say? Two or more. Two or more. I'm going to sell that. I'll sell it. Sell. I'm going to sell it, but I do wonder if you maybe see, like, does Oda work his way back into the team? And there's Devil in there as well, as we spoke about. Where does Oda play? Right wing back? Maybe. Um, I don't know that like that sounds a bit sugarly peg to me. <laughs> I don't like that. I mean, it's a, it's a total wildcard position for us right now. So who knows? But anyway, on to the last one and a double one here. It is both teams to score and Hearts to win. Oh, buy. <laughs> Gonna have to buy it. Sell. Yeah. <laughs> You've sold everything, Ami. So, I think it'll be one nil. So that's why. Right, is that a sell from Paddy? Yeah, I'm gonna buy it. So there we go. Um, I'll be honest, that was one of the tougher weeks to find anything interesting or lines. Or <laughs> so, so they are fairly dull. But there you go. No, don't like this new dull hearts. <laughs> but Robbie Nielsen got sacked when he would go had us in second. Because it was just dull. I feel like we're going to find ourselves like 15 points clear in third and we're like, how are we here? <laughs> um, all right. Thank you, Cameron. And you can play along with Buy or Sell if you are not already on X and Instagram. And we are at hearts underscore podcast on those platforms. Um, and I join us next time as we look back at what I'm sure will be an enthralling um, trip to Kilmarnock. And ahead to Rangers on that Wednesday in Aberdeen the following weekend. Big, big, big hairy chest games of football coming up here. Um, so I, until next time, won the hearts and we'll see you again soon. Big jacket.